Hey, Alice. Good to see you. Welcome back. Today Welcome, we Alice. Got, yeah, today we got some familiar faces. Uh, you you remember Rick and the Scuffle Moss? They've been on before. Hello, We've been Alice. on before together. Yeah. Um, and, and Garble was there, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. We, we, hey, uh, we, we talked about Cars Porn. We did. Yes. We looked at Cars Porn together. Oh, we did. And Sonic, as, as I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, actually, McChicken. Matter of fact, I think it might have been, if, if memory serves, it usually doesn't, but I think it might have been, um, like, when we were pursuing, you know, all of Rule 34, I think we might have found Sonic and Cars Porn. But wow. I, I'd have to look. Hmm. <laughs> wait wait don't look at me like i made it up i think we found it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I mean, that wasn't just like a freudian slip or something i mean whether or not sure. i looked it up later was not a big deal <laughs> carry on sorry alex i didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> <laughs> well um like speaking of garble i mean uh you, you both have kids now you yeah. both have ripped souls out of the ether separately <laughs> yeah. and and brought them here. Um, I guess. I guess my first question is, uh, what is that like? <laughs> Man, well, I, I've got lots to say about that. So yeah, that, that happened recently. This is. Oh yeah, this is probably like the second time the internet knows about that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I have a son now. <laughs> yeah, I have a son, a little boy. He's wonderful. Um, he was born super early, uh, which was a struggle. And we did, you know, we had to do a lot of the tough parent things, but it's awesome. I would have never chosen it uh, because uh, my partner and I have been together for like 20 years and never wanted to have kids necessarily. Or, or when we did, you know, the timing kind of missed one another. So <laughs> he was kind of, um, I imagine he'll be one among a, a large number of uh, COVID babies, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, when people are people are stuck inside and you know and the power goes out as it does oftentimes here and where where i am at the bunker and uh you know people <laughs> resort to their most primal instincts and <laughs> uh, so that happens you know and uh mm -hmm. i think about that all the time you know i would have never had the, the uh courage to choose it but um in that in that same note i i work with a person who uh she's <laughs> she's she's great she's she's like a lot more hippy dippy spiritual like you know crystals and gemstones than i am but she did say one thing about motherhood and of course i trusted her because she's a woman and she said uh man they don't choose you know uh we don't choose them they choose us you know hmm. they they choose to be here and that was a consolation to me in a little way because hmm. i'm sure we'll kind of get into more existential stuff uh -huh. later but <laughs> i imagine but I was one of those people that like forever thought like, you know, like uh, I didn't want to be born in this for that, da, 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 you know, but it kind of made me for once actually consider the, the reverse of like, well, maybe somehow we do. I don't know. <laughs> it's a very weird, you know, mm -hmm. that was my yeah. experience, but I was also super lucky because I didn't have, I didn't have to go through the experience like my partner did and like scuffle did where they actually had to poop their, you know that that are spondling out so i mean i i'm curious to hear about that experience for sure because yeah i i know what it looked like from a human front and it wasn't great but <laughs> i would like to troll perspective yeah. on that scuffle well, well, us what is giving birth like 
<laughs> That's a funny <laughs> question. Um, so giving birth to a uh, my spawning garble. Um, it was messy. Uh, so <laughs> that uh, tracks. Uh, I actually, I actually have a video about it out there somewhere. Um, I was playing video games and I had just been playing video games for too long. And um, as I've expressed in uh, previous things that I've done, if I don't irrigate my uh, root in a fair amount of time, it gets backed up. It's baby forest roll. Oh, uh, so mm. well, he built up in there, and I felt like I had to poop like a lot. So I, I went to the bathroom and I passed out for three hours. And when I came to, it was like a load was lifted from my bowels. And <laughs> I uh, just walked out of there, no problem at all, but uh, apparently. The tub was a mess, and uh, that's where Garble was found. Um, he was found being able to walk, which is incredible considering that I, I pooped him out. Uh, but uh, you know, it was an experience that I'll never forget because I'll never remember it. Mm. <laughs> I think it's pretty <laughs> progressive too. I think it's really progressive that it was a water birth. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was a water. It was my own water that broke, that filled the tub. Oh, Bloody, I see. okay. Scary, well, disgusting water that caretaker had to take out in still, one Still technically a, a water birth, though? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that that actually dovetails into my neck, uh, and I guess you've answered it already. But I was curious to to hear what like care, the caretakers thought when they came in and you know thought like, oh, perhaps they'll take a bath tonight, and then they found this nightmare horror scene that you had created, or had they already met Garble at that time? Oh, uh, okay. So here's kind of how it went down. This is the part that I've actually never told anyone. Oh, um, yeah. So exclusive. This is why you come to Rhetoric Rabbit Hole for the exclusive scuffling uh, scoop. Uh, so, <laughs> here's what happened. I left the bathroom and I went back to playing video games. And uh, where I was playing video games, like if you just turn your head, you can see the hallway. And the hallway connects directly to the bathroom. And, um, Basically, I saw this little, like, it, it looked like, um, Varnin Trailer. You know who <laughs> Varnin Trailer is? Yo, it uh, looked like Varnin no, Trailer think, came running no. out of the bathroom. He looked both ways, and he said, Ah! <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is that? And, uh, that's about the time that caretaker came into the house because she heard screaming. And uh, she saw the little um, forest hall, and he, uh, she was like, "What the hell, Scofflemos? What did you do?" And, uh, <laughs> then I was like, "Nothing." I, I went to the bathroom. Then she said, "You were in there for three hours." <laughs> and I was like, 
Apparently, this is why. Uh, well, that's how we met Garbo. Uh, then the caretaker with the stupid hair, he came home from work. And he was like, there's another one of them. <laughs> and, um, caretaker just said, yeah. That was it. They accepted it. They're good Who, people. Uh, did, you, did you clean up your afterbirth or did you make caretakers do that? I, I helped. I helped. They give me Did... sponge. And okay. uh, they gave me like some uh, kaboom. And I just, I sprayed down the top. And I, I tried smearing it. But it just made it worse. Uh, so, I, I think they had to call like a professional cleaner. I know one. Uh, I, I think his name was Ben Wilkinson. Uh, he does plan nine cleaning. He came and he, uh, he must have done that. I, I didn't see the rest of it. I got too grossed out. It looked too much like poop. Yeah, yeah I imagine like the scrubbing bubbles guys coming in through the tub and fixing it all for you. Well, no, shout, out of... to ben, shout out to Ben Wilkinson. If you ever need uh, your afterbirth cleaned up, you know who to call now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a knee service, but the man is there. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben, anytime, mm-hmm. day or night. <laughs> ben will do it. That's, that's his job. He do it good. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, so the 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 afterbirth. Um, I I tasted it. You did. I <laughs> uh, see. Uh, that's great. I was, I was actually going to ask because you know a lot of times humans scuffle. I don't know if you know about this, but I mean not so much anymore. But a lot of times humans will take you know uh, the placenta, you know, and kind of cook it and and eat it for nutrition or good luck or what have you you know so is that a similar thing to what forest trolls do well uh it wasn't necessarily a forest troll thing so much as uh i was just curious about how it tasted so i took a like a finger of it i, I ate it uh it kind of tasted like you know that mexican candy lucas that's what it tasted like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, if if you happen to be in a uh, neighborhood that has Lucas Candy, give it a try. It's kind of spicy, sweet, and salty. It's weird. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. See, I feel I feel cheated. I didn't get to. I didn't taste any afterbirth or anything. It was it was pretty normal. I did, however, no. get to see the bliss. I did, however, get to see a, a human placenta. Would you guys like to know what that's about? <laughs> yeah, I would. Okay, yes. what was that about? <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. So, uh, one of my biggest takeaways from uh, when my son was born, you know, because it was, it, you know, it's a lot of things happening at once. And there's, especially because he was early, there's a period where they kind of shuffle him away for a few minutes and, <laughs> you know, make it so he can live in this world before he's meant to be here. Uh, and while that was happening, uh, the main doctor, she was speaking to my partner and I. And uh, at one point, she turned to me and said, would you like to see the placenta? And I thought, yeah, I mean, I mean what, what, when's the next time, you know, probably never going to happen again, right? Hopefully. Uh, so uh, she, she turned it and, and she's just holding it and she, she's showing to me, uh, and this is like the sack, of course, for maybe a few people who don't know this is a the sack that actually goes around they do when they're you know in there 
Um, and it's crazy on the inside. She goes, well, you, you know, the tree of life. And I said, yeah, I'm familiar. And she flipped it over and showed me this purple thing that looked like kind of, you remember the face huggers from uh, predator <laughs> mm-hmm. or not predator. I'm sorry. Alien, alien. Yeah. It very, very much looked like a, a face hugger from alien, but purple. And you know, what it is, is this giant uh, trunk of nutrition stuff that goes out and feeds baby and it, it the way it looks is legitimately like a tree and that's where the tree of life came from so that did oh. knock me out because i mean yeah I'm, I'm usually not like moved by stuff like that but it, you know it was such a singular experience wow. and then also having that imagery to take away with like it's pretty cool you know and uh yeah that, that was that was definitely an experience that knocked me out um yeah the, yeah the, the <laughs> wow that little that, fake, yeah that, that face hugger thing is pretty cool, you know. When you when you get to see it, it's pretty wild. That's nuts. I didn't I didn't know any of that. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Like I said, and this is all gross. And I'm sorry, maybe there's going to be a lot of content warnings on the front of this bad boy. But um, yeah, so <laughs> like, knows so what so she's like, getting into. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I hope she does. <laughs> I mean, it is a rabbit hole, <laughs> you know. Not quite found the bottom yet, so <laughs> away we go. <laughs> but yeah, like when when you uh, yeah, when you literally look at it, it looks like an alien face hugger, you know, purple like this, attached to like a like um, a kind of thing that looks like a huge like a pack of maybe hamburger, <laughs> and what that is is like a package of fat and stuff um, that's meant meant to protect the baby. It's pretty crazy. Like I don't know uh, <laughs> when you see it, it you go like uh like man biology makes some pretty fucking crazy you know technology you know it's it's pretty nuts <laughs> like yeah to watch it all watch it all come together it makes you makes you know i think I mean, if anybody it, it makes... if anybody has kids if anybody has kids in doubt it's evolution they're crazy <laughs> arguably nature makes better technology than people do you know in totally. a lot of ways it's crazy you know what's weird though you know what's weird though, Alex? Have you ever seen those maps of like the way people settle, um, uh, like like over time? You know, and a lot of it is like uh, you'll start to see electric lights, like an over you know overview of electric lights. But the way it works, like uh, around like uh, water, you know, waterways and whatever is attractive for people to to move into, the way it grows, it always looks like veins and stuff through a leaf. It's really crazy. So like it hmm. kind of makes you. Wow, kind of makes you feel like there is there is maybe some sort of connection between, you know, uh, it's all connected. You know, <laughs> it all well, comes together. you know, and yeah, like you know, there is some kind of design, you know, but the question is whether it's there and wh- whether it actually gives a shit about us enough to talk to us. You know, that's that's kind of the so, religion thing. I, I like I like where your your head's at. So let's let's keep that going. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so like. On on the concept of of babies, where where what? So like, <laughs> what do you think it's like before we come here? Do you think that people actually are born when they're born, or do you think, or do you think something? Well, maybe maybe an idea like reincarnation or like i don't know i don't know how to ask this question but i hope you guys are following me yeah i'm with you i i um i love the idea of reincarnation and i think 
where I landed to something similar. I think like, you know, the, the old idea of we are stardust, we are golden, you know, we all break down into molecules, you know, I mean, and, and get reassembled somewhere. I think we do probably live multiple lives, but I think they're probably billions and billions and billions of years apart, you mm-hmm. know, just, uh, um, and, w- and whether we, we remember those or not, that's a whole other thing, you know, that, that I, I think that's always super interesting to think about. And then like, when I think about like, okay, so even if you are reborn, like at what point, at what point do you have consciousness, you know, like how, how valuable is that? I don't know. Yeah. Like what, what even difference would it make all kind of, or something like right. that? <laughs> right. Um, Scufflemus, do, do, do forest troll souls come from the same uh, pit that people souls do? Or is that <laughs> what, <laughs> where, do, where do forest trolls come from before they're born? Yo, that's racist. <laughs> but I'm still going to answer it. Uh, so anyway, the, the forest trolls, we don't know if we have souls because like, Forest troll, like people. I'm the only forest troll that I know about. I've never met another forest troll, especially not a domesticated one like me. I'm the equivalent of a, uh, a house cat. But the, the, the fact still remains that forest trolls as a culture have only been recorded in a book that only I am capable of reading. Wouldn't it sucks? It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. there's only so, like two tails in it it's all about the, the, the big tree that we believe was an old god and that old god supposedly uh, it made forest trolls but you know we don't know that we hmm. don't know what uh, you know I, I like to consider myself uh, agnostic in a sense where I don't know what's out there I know what I yeah. see, but uh, in this case, where our souls come from, uh, it, we could be reincarnate, but we could, like, there could be actual new souls out there. And those are the souls who I believe are the ones who get into trends, which they tend to fit along with the rest of the world as it's evolving. Those are the mm-hmm. new souls. Yeah. Then there's the old souls who still recollect things from the past and somehow it correlates with some sort of reincarnation so i guess yeah i would believe in some sort of reincarnation i just you know it it the idea that there's no end kind of bothers me i know what you mean um well said and on that note, uh, my next question was what happens after this? But you guys kind of already answered that. No, we <laughs> Tom's didn't. A, Tom's <laughs> a flat circle, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the earth. Just like the earth, man. Time's a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yo, so. yo, yo's just crazy because we all know that the earth is a square. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm not, I'll quit being square denier. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> square or denier. So, so Scuffmos, did you, you just, have more to you say? Just, on... You just have to be. 
Oh, go ahead. No, no, and no, where do we go? Yeah, where we go. Okay, so that's that's a difficult question because where we go is a question that really none of us knows. Because upon mm-hmm. dying, really all we are experiencing is the firing off of synapses as we are, you know, our bod- our, our brain is shutting down. That's that's so, specifically why I ask everybody is because none of us know. So I like to get as many ideas about it as possible, I guess. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. You, you know how there's people who they say that like they were about to die and their brains are shutting down, but they are resuscitated. So then they come back and they say, I saw a light. Well, that light is all the neurons and stuff firing off, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we haven't seen the other side yet. So I can't say that I, I can, as a forest troll, that there is something. As a creature of this planet, I don't know if there's anything. Uh, but, you know, it would be cool for people that want to continue uh, the life cycle um, to be able to continue said life cycle in reincarnation. That would be cool. That would be cool. My my problem with that, and I think it it makes sense, but my problem Mm -hmm. with it as far as like, I have to just come to terms with it and that's my problem, but like the the breakdown of the ego, like the idea of waking up as someone else is terrifying. Hmm. There's an anime about that right now. Oh, really? Yes, there is. Oh, I... uh, (laughs) If I could remember the name of it, I would say it, but I can't remember it. I'm trying to get my camera right. Um, but I could uh, send it to you later. But it is about a a man who, in his current life, was a jobless, um, do nothing. Like, well, as the uh, the Japanese term would be, nito. He was a neat. So he lived that in his home. He never left. Mm-hmm. He was quite the uh, the, uh, the the humbug. Um, but when he died in a terrifying accident, he came back as a baby. He was reborn as a baby in a time of like medieval magic. Uh, so oh was shit! Like, was he thrown back in time and reincarnated in a different time period? Or did he go to a different world? Right. So what if reincarnation also works in that way here? Like, instead of reincarnating here on Earth, our spirits become part of one big universe. And that universe of souls gets distributed throughout the universes to other living planets and beings with creatures. Hmm. What do you think about that, Rick? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, um, hmm. I don't know. The more I think about it, you know, of course, the more I get stuck in that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think about consciousness, you know, like consciousness is my, my big thing. Like it's, you know, especially if you like Alex mentioned ego, you know, like uh, one of the, the coolest things that's ever happened to me um, through some sort of means that were totally legal 
um, I experienced like <laughs> true. E- <laughs> I, I got to experience true ego death, you know, um, a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It, it almost feels like um, if you're someone that, you know, uh, like most of us that struggles with either anxiety or depression, like it almost feels like that good feeling of when you're actually able to be very present. I feel like that's, you know, um, the place that I try to get to when I get to my consciousness but there again like you you think about the things that can turn that off like uh, that's the way i often describe a lot of psychedelics are that you know your consciousness is sort of the 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 the, whatever that thing is whatever you want to call them i call him the driver but he you know he's the one sitting in the chair turning all the levers doing the things and when you start to take psychedelics well his screens shut off a couple at a time you know he's only looking at one or two at a time and that's why everything looks so crazy you're mm-hmm. interpreting through them them through through that filter and mm-hmm. the um the the best thing that happens when that when that occurs that's hard to describe to people that haven't gone through it is that it opens up the possibility of well my senses can totally fucking lie to me at, at, at any time <laughs> and and so my consciousness is uh constantly being lied to you. and and um it makes you wonder like uh you know like uh, of all the things you perceive like what of all the things you perceive like what are you actually taking in and all that and for and to me it makes that very clear and and i think i think oftentimes about like well that driver like he's he's maybe the being that when we die you know when our shells expire maybe the driver is the the thing that gets shot off into Hmm. you know nothingness to uh much like Uncle Bezos's dick, uh, <laughs> gets shot, shot into nothingness. <laughs> that sounds. Uh, to... Yeah, that that's what I hope for. You know, <laughs> that's what sounds nice. And like, I guess the question is, how much luggage does the driver take with him? Does yeah. he take? Does he take his memories? Because I guess yeah. now that you're mentioning it, Rick, because I've been there. I've been to that that ego death place through similar means, sure. and. Uh, I think the cookies? Problem... Is that what you mean? <laughs> yes, yes, that is what. Mm. Oh, okay, okay, that's what uh, I thought too. Um, that. Um, what was this? In? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you, I'm dumb. I'm sorry. No, I'm, uh, I'm a good derailer. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's on me. It's okay. I'm good at derailing too. Before we get along. <laughs> Discord. Um, Speaking of Discord, I now have a Discord for Scuffle Moss Front Group. You should join. That's me. right. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Go join Scuffle uh, Scuffle Moss Friend Club. Is it, do you, Do you need an invitation for it, or can you search for it? Uh, you could just search for it, but uh, okay. there is an invitation link in my bio on my Instagram. Um, there, like for real. If you go there, I'm gonna be giving away the secrets and stuff of things that are coming up, like. That's going to be the place where you want to be if you want to follow Scufflemoss stuff. Swag, I'll put a link in the description. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to go have some CBD. You come with me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 take us with you. We're going on a journey, Alice. Going on a journey, Alice. Going on a journey, Alice. Going on a journey. We're all going on a journey. <laughs> um, it's so freaking hot out here. Hold on. So, 
I'm going to pack up some CBD as well. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know what? I think I'll join you, gentlemen. But we'll we'll, we'll all have a little 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 tea sesh. Well, I mean, (laughs) it's the mad tea party. We don't have any tea, so we have to. Where's my hat? I know. It's like the peace (laughs) pipe, right? Like that equivalent. (laughs) I can agree to that. Um, I was just gonna say, this is completely off topic, but um, the whole show is off topic. Yeah, yeah I well, so. yeah. I don't. I should not even like preface that ever because that's just this entire <laughs> show. But, um, so you were telling me, Rick, that uh, before the episode that you're really into VR right now. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, I saw. Unfortunately, I got. As I tried to look up, uh, you recommended Broken Bones. Is that what it's called? Broken Bone. Oh, uh, I can't. I can't remember what it is. Uh, I. I it's something in that neighborhood. I'm sure. I'm sure whoever listens. Boneworks. Will... Boneworks. Boneworks. That's what it was. Yes. Yes. So yeah. I searched that. I'll... Unfortunately, I'm such a fucking square. I bought that Oculus Quest because uh, even with all the Facebook nonsense, I just wanted to be able to stand in my room with no cables and all that. And I really oh, don't, I don't have it. Okay. I don't have any. I don't have any next gen systems either, and I won't. I won't be purchasing them either. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> understood. Um, yeah, the... ga- gaming, gaming for me was really losing me, and I feel like I was doing it like the right way, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm older, like I'm, I'm in my late thirties, and uh, like uh, uh, my big thing, I've always been an Xbox guy, you know. And I know there's a war about that, but and there's great games on either platform, and I've played a lot of them. Uh, but I was a, a Game Pass guy, and Game Pass was great. It was, you know, it was. It, really innovative uh way to present a bunch of games and be able to go through and sample and play a lot of things uh the problem is for me <laughs> that those i was like these are all great games i don't fucking want to learn how to play any of them i don't care like unless it's like a big huge title that was all i was ever investing my time in and they were and they oftentimes you know i i would never seek out anything new i would just go back to play old stuff uh that's what but, i still do I play uh, yeah. Skyrim for like the seventh or eighth time. I'm on Skyrim. my second or third run through with the screen, the Sims. You know, we just play the same old games over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, especially games like Sky- uh, Skyrim is so hard to mess with. I mean, you know, no, God bless Bethesda. You know, they have their issues, but boy, oh boy, he's talking about a world that's, you know, worth living in for a long time. That was it, you know, I think. Um, I had a lot. I had a lot of fun in, in that world, and I also love their Fallout games too. To be honest, which a lot of people don't. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. When I, when I first got a hold of VR, and what it was was super hot, and uh, it was just very happen, happenstance. Yeah, super hot. Exactly. Yeah, about. Jeez, it probably would have been super three or four great. years ago. Like right, right, right. It was when Rift came out. Like when you had the whole. I hate this word dongle. <laughs> You know, hanging off the back of your head, the whole nine. Stop it. We can have a discussion about words I hate if you want. But no, but you had that whole thing on you. And but regardless, like I, I didn't give a shit. Like somebody put me on that thing and, and it was a night like where everybody was partied out, you know, and they were like, here, try this. And so I, I played probably for four and a half hours straight, like and came away with the experience of like, oh, I'll I'll never fuck around with the you know, uh uh a regular old video game again. I mean, honestly, you know, 
Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. so excited to see how much how much uh, dough has been poured into VR innovation and how much you know there actually is an audience for it. So because I think I think you can only go up from here. That's what I. Uh, yeah. So after I saw footage for Boneworks, and I, I'll I'll send you the thing I'm I'm thinking of because my friend sent me this video where the guy, like, takes out his clip, like puts it back in, tosses yeah. the gun up in the air, dude does all these yeah. crazy flips with it, and then like throws it and then like pulls it back to him, jumps in the air, does a 360, and then perfect headshots to do it off the roof. That's and, cool. Yeah. And he did all this in VR and it's like that's what people are coming their pants about in Boneworks is like the 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 controls are so fluid. And yeah. that's kind of where I'm what I wanted to ask you guys is, I mean, like you said, this is only going to go up from here. I we're think gonna, so. Yeah. We're going to see this technology really develop in our lifetimes. Totally. To the yeah. point of some real sci-fi shit. Um, and so like, yeah. What do you guys think about AI and transcendence and ma- the matrix and uh, uh, the dangers of our further, future? Even further. Yeah, oh, I just threw a lot at you guys. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. No, no. Scuffle, man. You have thoughts about this? I have tons. <laughs> is that an orangutan? Uh, no, actually, this what? is a gibbon. A gibbon? Oh, gibbon. Yeah, very nice. Yo. Yeah. yeah. That's a gibbon. Uh, so my <laughs> thoughts about uh, video games and their <laughs> progressions. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, more about like AI to take over in the future of our world. We started there and went. Basically, yeah, we Terminator. Went oh, okay. So, yeah, Terminator is a real possibility. Yeah. Um, with, with the way that AI has evolved, unless we have certain checks and balances, basically, Terminator, Skynet, that whole thing is going to happen. We've already had the entire globe connected with Alexa. So, you know, it's, it's not a big stretch for the AI just to become sentient. Uh, there was a time where we, uh, I, I forgot what the lab was called, but there was a laboratory that was studying artificial intelligence, robot brains. <laughs> and they, uh, they, they put one out there, like they put an AI out on the internet and they let the public know, hey, this AI, can learn. If you teach it, it will learn. It will learn to teach other people, other robots and such. Well, what happened is that 4chan got a hold of uh, <laughs> the the uh, the oh, algorithm shit. or whatever, and uh, suddenly the robot was a, uh, a Nazi sympathizer, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> And they ended up having to shut it down in less than 48 hours because of that quickly it learned. It learned to actually be a Nazi sympathizer from 4chan. Was that Taybot? I can't remember. Uh, yes. What was that? Was it Taybot? It was. Yeah. Yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. good old 4chan. I re- I re- yeah, I feel like I remember hearing about that too. Definitely um, no shock from 4chan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that, that that's... 
I just saw recently some AI within four hours was able to uh, get good enough to beat like um, the previous chess AI. Oh, um, Watson? Was it Watson? I don't remember. I can't. I can't remember. I, I can't either. Was, yeah, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, just AI is getting insane. You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess. But I I, I, I derailed this entire question. Your question was about video game AI. No, no, he started with AI in general. <laughs> we just transitioned oh, from video games no. to AI. I think. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm still trying to. I guess what are you guys? Are you guys worried about the future? Are you guys optimistic? Oh fuck yes! No, I'm not optimistic at all. No. Oh my god! No! 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 This is the worst no. timeline. <laughs> you know what's yeah. really fucked up? Uh, so I, I <laughs> one one of my favorite things that I do throughout my life because I have occasion to deal with a lot of older folks for one reason or another. And I often like to ask, you know, especially ones that have been through like, and they're getting harder to come by, but like people who went through like World War II, you know, uh, you kind of ask them like, hey, man, are, are things as bad as they really seem? And uh, what's hmm. horrible is they'll, they'll always say, often in my experience anyway, they will say, oh, yes, things are way worse than they've ever been. But uh, the, the grain of salt that I always take that with is that we also live now and they do now you know they were born in a, in a town where they may have been lucky to get 150 miles from their first place to, to now they've survived long enough to go through a world war and live in the information age so you know they're also being bombarded by the same 24-hour news cycle so is it, is it a matter of just uh, awareness that scares them so bad or is it just that the, the world is just worse now you know because when you think about like medieval times you know <laughs> like you know, things are things were pretty rough then you know uh but humanity managed to make it and that's what's really sad rick is it has it it, it should be better you know there's oh, no totally, reason yeah. for things to be worse than they have been well that's runaway capitalism baby i mean you know <sighs> yeah it's greed avarice yeah uh, I think I was at every, every corner. Oh, yeah. I think I was about to make a Shadowrun reference maybe like a <laughs> couple minutes ago, but now I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah, like, you know, having uh, spent a lot of time in that world, and for anybody who's familiar, it's post-apocalyptic. Hmm. Basically, like, mashed up between, like, uh, cyberpunk and uh, Lord of the Rings, I guess, you know. Okay. So, like, imagine, imagine orcs elves trolls all that existing magic existing in the cyberpunk world that's shutter run but i nice. think about that a lot too because they yeah i know that's it's always been the hook for me i'm like Woof. do you still you play know? hey oh my god alex i would give my left arm and and maybe a couple of other other body parts to be able to jump back into shutter run but it Oh man, it's it's the problem is that the rule set is in it. I'm only even familiar with like very early ones, and then uh, the one that we actually played and make a, made a podcast of was the uh, fifth edition. That's right. Which 
which is pretty yeah, yeah yeah we did that we did that for a long time yeah for well, not a long time but about you know two and a half years we a lot of episodes if you ever if anybody's a shadow run nerd look up the uh, milk run podcast that's us or look up shadow run podcast i think we're still thankfully okay, on, we're still like YouTube? the fourth what's that now oh no if, on if youtube you google that yeah we have no no just google it we have good seo if you google us you'll uh, you'll wind up at our uh, uh our libsyn page and uh yeah everything's oh, available cool. there and of course on all pot all podcatchers too <laughs> sorry I've, I've gotten very bad at promoting my podcast i used to be very good at that <laughs> someone that uh but told um me that you had a shatter on podcast before and um, yo yo it yeah. was me no okay <laughs> handy that <laughs> did you yo. like a uh, but yo no actually that podcast was pretty good i spent a good like um i want to say a couple of months just uh, wow. listening to it as my main form of entertainment on um, evenings when I was working, picking up garbage. So, you know, <laughs> it, it was honestly a great podcast. It's really oh. immersive. And you get to love the characters. Oh, that makes me feel good. <laughs> Thank you, Scuffle. <laughs> D- did you like um, DM? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I DM'd okay. and, and wrote the story. It, basically, the, like, the inception of it was... Um, I wanted. We were already playing D and D five because we're all we're all you know my group at that time was you know uh, we were all into tabletop RPGs and so we were doing that and I really 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 wanted to uh, play Shadowrun because I was in love with it from the time that I was a kid you know I just thought that I you know like 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 what when you responded like oh my gosh you know cyberpunk with magic blended together neat you know like that was my initial reaction too and it's never gone backwards you know because mm-hmm. um, it's basically starting to be the world that we're living in plus magic which, <laughs> which would be better <laughs> objectively <laughs> but, um, uh, so I, start, I started to kind of uh, read and read and read and I listened to a podcast called uh, boy, oh boy I better get this right um, the Arcology podcast if you ever search on any podcast or the Arcology podcast if you want to hear a great Shadowrun uh, 5e and now 6e and even beyond. I don't even know what they're doing now, but they were kind of the guidepost. Um, great, great GM. And and uh, I listened to them a lot. And, and, and what kind of got me going was the culmination of, of we were already playing games and I wanted to learn this super complicated game system because Shadowrun is very, very crunchy. Very <laughs> crunchy. <laughs> like it's horrendously rules heavy. Okay. Um, but uh, to, I mean, to the point of exclusion, and 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 that's what I was kind of hearing on the podcast that I heard. Like they were doing it very well, but it was because they were all high level gamers. My thing was, fuck that. This world is so cool. Let's make it narrative, and we can be. You know, the rules will be in there, and they will be right, which they were eighty five percent of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, but but the the thing was uh, to, to try and make Shadowrun that world manageable. And we got really lucky, you know, uh, uh, I was, I was very fortunate. We, we put out, I don't know, I mean, a bunch of episodes and, and it got listened to all over the place. And as far as podcasts, it wasn't huge, but I mean, there was a lot of people that listened and sent cool emails and that's a win, you know? <laughs> I was thinking earlier today, it's, it's really funny. I, I remember 
seeing you and seeing Wooly Mamas like years before I ever met you. Oh, weird. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, th- I think you mentioned that the first time we met uh, doing yeah. other things. I'd seen wait, you. Wait. Perform- nudge, nudge. I'd seen you perform like two or three times before I'd ever like t- spoken to you. And like, oh, I remember weird. like <laughs> 19 or 20 and like, Wooly Mama, like you guys just fucking knock the house down every time you perform. Oh man, that's that makes me feel good. Thanks. No, uh, <laughs> like you, you guys. <clears throat> anyway, it, you're just like this unapproachable rock god to me when oh, I was like 19. So it's really, oh, it's cool fuck. that like <laughs> I can call you my friend. You know, I, I really yeah. like calling you. You're a really cool, down to earth dude. You're not a dick at all. You're not oh. like. A, <laughs> like that's the thing you're one of the most talented people i know hands down and you are not pretentious about it at all thanks man yeah you're so down to earth and like so so cool this is is like super (laughs) super humbling like i want to turn my camera off now i'm I'm done jerking you like i'm gonna continue just piling the praise upon rick because rick is about my my favorite person uh like my favorite human male on earth Oh, he is, <laughs> he's super nice. And he's really cool. And he plays video games. And he plays guitar very well. And he, um, uh, I mean, honestly, I've got nothing bad to say about Rick. So, uh, you know, just stop being so humble and accept it. <laughs> okay. Okay, I will. I'll, I'll take it like a home-cooked meal. Oh, yes, thank you. Thank so you to Alice, Alice. If you're paying attention, Alice, if you're still with us, please worship Rick Patore. <laughs> Alice, Alice, there's still time. Do you want to get in on this hand job with me and Scuffleus? Come on, Alice. That's not necessary. I mean, okay. Well, it's a, it's only five. It's it's only five hands big. It's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> there. When I mean, kind of running out of room. <laughs> there that's 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 me being humble okay <laughs> that's very that's very sweet of you guys to say no i no, I, I really appreciate you guys i mean it's so much it's just really really cool to be involved in such a creative community yeah. and, community. and I'm a, so i well i want to ask you too like <clears throat> you've oh well, well first of all like are you from here originally no, no, I grew up in uh, I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, um, which is like right in the Rust Belt, you know, kind of uh, like Northeast Ohio, uh, suburb of Cleveland, but um, kind of a rough area. It used to be known as the murder capital of the world, <laughs> Murder Town, USA, and it was it was still super rough when I grew up there. Uh, I didn't know any different, of course. Um, and then I moved to Washington D.C., and that's where I met. Uh, the guys that, that were in the Wooly Mamas and, and my partner, my, my former partner. And uh, yeah, we kind of went from there, you know, uh, it was weird. <laughs> I put a band together and uh, did the thing for a long time, you know? Yeah. So what, okay. So I guess what year did you start performing in Nashville? In Nashville. Okay. Let me think about this. So, Oh, it would have been 08. Yeah. Like right after we moved here. So we, we moved here in January of 08. Um, 
And I, I actually, I remember this now. The first room that we booked was what used to be called the French Quarter, mm. which is now the which is now the Lone Wolf, which is pretty spooky for me because the Woolly Mama started their Nashville career in that room. And the last gig that we ever played together was about 30 feet away on the other side of the same building. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty spooky, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so how, so Woolly Mamas goes back way farther than that, though. Yes, yeah, so, okay, <laughs> if you want to go all the way back. So uh, when I was like, uh, I guess I was 17, 18, I just started seeing my former partner, uh, but all of my other people were all back in Ohio. And so I was commuting basically from Washington, D.C. or the suburbs in Northern Virginia um, to Ohio like every other weekend, you know. And uh, on one of those trips, I don't, I don't remember why it happened. I love the straight cats. I, lo- I mean, I love them. I have a tattoo on my chest. It's a whole thing. Brian Setzer to me is, you know, he's the guy I hope to be when I'm this age. Uh, but I was listening to the Stray Cats record and I started thinking about, man, this rockabilly music is really what I love to play right now. Cause it was, it was, it was right in my wheelhouse. You know, I just was kind of coming out of learning how to play blues and stuff. And this is same thing, but faster, super fun. And I thought about, well, who would want to, who could have, you know through the whole six and a half hour drive or seven hour drive uh i just was stewing on that and i listened to the same record over and over again because in those days that's what you had to do (laughs) and um uh i started thinking about my i started thinking about my partner's uh little brother who was a fantastic bass player in a punk rock band and i was like well he he's a fucking perfect fit and then as far as drummers, I was already working with Kenny Thomas, who is a, a fantastic drummer. And we were kind of in like a, uh, um, I guess, like a late 90s rock band or whatever you want to call it. Like an indie rock band, I guess, uh, called Our Heroes. <laughs> and so I was already way, way comfortable with him. And Sorry, I dropped things. Uh, was way comfortable with him and way comfortable with playing it. And so I kind of stewed on that the whole way home. And I, when I made it home, I sat down and immediately wrote down this list of like 12 songs. Like, well, let's try and learn these. Uh, the next day, pitched it to the guys. And it was like Reverend Horton Heat and like you know, all covers. You know, that's what we did at first. All covers. Like Straight Cats, Reverend Horton Heat, uh, CCR, like all home cooking stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And we rehearsed the fuck out of it for about 10 days. And then went to work for about like eight years, <laughs> just as a yeah. as a work working band, you know. And then um, after that, uh, you know, about you know two years, two three years in, you go, well, okay, you know, the, I've got these. The, it's a three piece, but I've got these amazing musicians. I'm writing all this material. Why don't I write it for this? You know. <coughs> so we started. We started to do that before the move to uh, to Tennessee. Uh, you know, we kind of hit like a, you know, we kind of maxed out like what we were going to do, you know, in our area with our, our bookers at that time. We had a great time. Like it was, you know, I, I, I people often, people often did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to, I wanted to just, um, make sure I'm, I'm getting it right. So you, oh, yeah. sorry. So eight, it was eight years in Ohio before you guys moved to Tennessee. 
Oh, no, no. So I, I was in Ohio as a kid. I, I met I all mean, of them when. I... Sorry, I meant like uh, how long was the band Wooly Mama's uh, around before you guys moved to Nashville? Oh, so the, the Wooly Mama, they were called Aloysius Farhat and the Soapbox Derby Revival Band back in that time. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. yeah. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. I'm that sorry. Again, just to Aloysius Farhat and the Soapbox Derby Revival Band. <laughs> yeah no there, there's an album one out there too by that name which is like a early weird short it is called Aloysius Farhat and the Soapbox Derby Revival Band and I will send a link for the first record on Spotify if anybody wants to hear it it's out there Fuck yeah but okay. uh, no, I won't that, that was that yeah. was like our you guys might like it I don't know it's, it's embarrassing to me now because it's so old you know and it was like I never, you know, uh, a lot of that whole thing was like, I, I never, I never wanted to be like the lead guitar player, lead front guy, you know, it's just nobody else would do it, you know? And that was like every band that I was ever in. And Aloysius was, was an extension of that. But anyway, we, we got together and made these records, you know, like, and that was like the first creative record that we tried to do together. And, and, and that would have been like, Oh, six of seven, I guess five, maybe five. My memory is terrible. Googling is probably better. <laughs> but anyway, we, we did that for a long time and it was, it was cool. Like I loved it. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just like, you know, standing up in front and playing, I don't care whose songs they are, but uh, the guys really wanted to make the thrust about original material. And so, um, and they were right. Uh, and so that, that was what made us come to Nashville in 08. And so okay. is that, yeah, so Zach and I came here in January of 08, and then Kenny would have been here probably like two or three months after. Gotcha. And then we, we started working right away. Yeah. Kind of like fell, fell back into old bad habits, you know? <laughs> right on, man. So, okay. So back in, back in 08, that, this was a, a very different world here, I imagine. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. City was way different back then. I didn't really um, start coming around uh, to like 2015. Because you're, you're a Murfreesboro guy, right? Uh, actually, I grew up in Fayetteville, Tennessee. It's like right above the Alabama oh, border. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know where. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, and, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I moved closer when I was around, um, let's see. Yeah, it was like 2015. I was like 18. I started going to whatever shows I could get into and sneaking into ones that I could get into. Me, me too. That's how I wound up wasting my life yeah. in a music career. <laughs> it, it's really cool because like, um, I, I don't know if I ever told you, but I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. and um, Yeah, I think you mentioned that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like really, really good. Uh, good for me like to have something like that to go to is like almost like replace church is how sure. it and it's also you know like live music is a very spiritual thing so i would say it, it actually very much filled that that gap you know um and Those like where also, they use music or churches right <laughs> exactly oh yeah 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 well but it, um it is meant to foster that feeling of uh there's a weird word I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, fellowship. It, it's it's meant to it's meant to foster that feeling of fellowship, you know. But uh, music and church, I mean. Um, 
And sometimes mm-hmm. it does, you know, if it's the right church and, and the intention's always there, but there's something about uh, if you've been, maybe if you maybe don't fit in a place like a church or a school or, you know, the military or wherever, like a lot of us don't, you know, like there's something about a rock and roll show where you go, oh, this is my people. This is my fellowship, you know, not all of them, I really, but a lot of them. I really don't know what I would, would have done without that because like I was also homeschooled. So like everyone I knew was in my church. And wow, so very insular, yeah. Yeah, and Jehovah's Witnesses are very like, if you leave, no one's allowed to have any kind of contact with you. So like, I moved out at 18. And like, I didn't know anybody, you know, it's like, you just have to like, it's like rediscovering yourself and like rediscovering, I don't know, having to find uh, people because you know everyone's turned your back on you so like no sure. it, it's like it really I feel like it really I, I, I feel it, it's safe to say like it saved my life you know like having music having live music um and it, I guess it's awesome yeah. it bugs me because you know I've only been around here since like 2015 but I've seen it change in that time and yeah. most in most ways not for the good and like I, I would say like a big example would be like um like there's no more buskers like they they change that sidewalk rule like that yeah. that really breaks my heart because now you just hear these blasting karaoke covers which I, mean, I guess that's what they want anyway but i mean and i i get it you know you don't want them right there on on your sidewalk busking right in front where you got music but i feel like most in the most time when i've gone down there they were pretty respectful about that like kept their distance from like being right outside the front door you know yeah i think that that thing downtown nashville especially gets with the with the buskers kind of caught up a panhandling issue that they used to have um because mm. i'll say that even when i first got here and i have no i have no issues with homeless people whatever and if i've got cigarettes or dough i'm happy to pass them along but back at, back in those days like uh in 0809 like when you when you would <laughs> try and like go from even like from like Lalo's to Roberts you know you would kind of get accosted by like fan handlers okay. so I think that's where I think that's where a lot of that stuff came from that said uh when that was first implemented I mean there were fucking gross things happening like I remember uh, I remember like patrons of bars like you know getting really aggressive with with panhandlers or you can get the folk out here it's gets law now you know and, and everybody sort of here was okay to do it was very weird you know and that you know maybe, maybe in a lot of ways that was like sort of a signal of what was to come you know because it's it's not it's not bad down there you know on broadway and all that um no i take that back it is it's fucking terrible it don't, is fucking terrible i don't <laughs> no honestly in a lot of ways it's unless unless you yeah like yeah it's all changed you know like um when i first moved here i was like everybody i think i was just at at that end of it i was at the the, you know the the nearer side of it or the farther side of it rather than nearer now um you know like when i first got here it felt like well austin's full (laughs) you know like all the people that are like fuck austin and fuck all you know their property prices you know we're gonna come here we're coming to nashville because it's a cool 
you know, small town, which in, in a lot of ways it still feels that way to a degree, but um, it, it was like a smallish town with all the amenities that you could want, except for good Italian food. I'm sorry. I mean, Yankee, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Nashville, your food was garbage 10 years ago. <laughs> Thank you, Nicoletta. And Joey's Pizza. <laughs> About to say that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm actually a better, I'm a bigger fan of uh, the the Olive Jardin. Uh, they they really uh, knock it out of the park for me. Yo, that's <laughs> just white people food. Oh well, oh I see, I see. No, I, I grew up in a weird, like specific part of Northeast Ohio that's very particular about our Italian food and food in general, just because like there's a huge consolidation of awesome food. Kind of similar to Chicago. Like if, if people go to Chicago and you go like, wow, everything here tastes good and it's amazing. It, it was kind of like that in our weird little Rust Belt town too. Mm. So so when I first moved here, I was definitely a red sauce pizza Nazi. <laughs> it's gotten much better. Let me, say, let me say about uh, Ohio pizza because I've had a single, singular pizza from Ohio. Okay. It was good. I liked it a lot. Um. Yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's all right. I'm glad. I'm glad we're in agreement because I don't know how to shoot cannonballs across Zoom, but I would have figured it out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there's there's weird there's weird like blogs and all that kind of thing like about like the pizza the pizza places, especially from my hometown. It's very <laughs> it's very weird. It was the only thing they have going for them. So, fuck, give it to them. You know, Christ, it's good red sauce. <laughs> <laughs> So to pull it back just a little bit, it sounded like, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm hearing it right, it sounds like panhandlers ruined it for buskers, and that's why they've cracked down on buskers, and, and just in general. I would imagine that's a lot of it, yeah. yeah. Um, just because it was, you know, it, it was, you know, uh, it, it's, if you <laughs> talk about white privilege and, and privilege in general, it was <laughs> very weird to to go from you know like one bar to another and be accosted by so many people you know because it was kind of like it wasn't like one one person two two people three people it was like kind of like a walking dead situation back in those days you know and and that was it was intimidating to be honest and and not cool because it made you it just made you feel guilty because you didn't you didn't even have anything to give everybody you know like you just Mm -hmm. anyway so that i think maybe that's where that started from and then it was of course you know, enforced aggressively like they do everything here in the good old South of the United States of America. And uh, I, I'm sure, you know, the busker thing just grew out of that. My uncle told me once that a previous governor here, I don't remember which one, but it was like back in the 80s and the 90s, um, said he was going to like fix the homeless issue, which is like part of what he ran on. And then when he got elected, he just shipped a bunch of homeless people. To busing. Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, busing in the, yeah, especially in the 70s, 80s, 90s, that was very big. You know, and even New York City tried to do that. I think it was, uh, it might have been uh, Giuliani, as a matter of fact, when he was mayor. Basically, it was like, well, we'll fix the homeless problem. Here's the fucking bus ticket. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Like, what, what is that fix, you know? Yeah, how's right. that going to fix anything? It's crazy. There you was know. an episode of Soul Park about this. 
Really? Oh, really? There was Und Cartman sang a, a rendition of uh, Tupac's California Love. But it was <laughs> California is good for the homeless. California, they love the homeless in the city of Santa Monica. They love homeless in Santa Monica. And they just kind of played this thing and uh, led the homeless away from this strip mall that they were accosting at this uh, kind of like a, a, a Night of the Living Dead 2 uh, thing where people were stuck inside the mall, but it was homeless. And they drove them all the way from Colorado to California and unleashed the homeless people in Santa Monica Pier. Oh, in the pier especially. That's very posh there. <laughs> you guys, have you all been there? The the uh, Santa Monica Pier? Yo, I hope. Uh-uh. Yeah, I hope. Me, me too. Yeah, actually, so it's a trip. If you've ever, if you've ever played uh, Grand Theft Auto, you've been there. You pretty much have seen it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty posh area. Like, uh, so it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> see really if they were trying to ship the homeless somewhere they should go like you know they need to go like probably 60 miles north on the the 109 and drop them fuckers off of Malibu <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that'd be the thing to do say yeah talk about yeah that, maybe that is the thing to do say okay sorry rich person you lost your vineyard in the, the great wildfires in Malibu but we'll, we'll subsidize you to sell this land to an up and coming farmer <laughs> and make like, maybe you could take that same land and make like a farming community of, of uh, formerly homeless <laughs> that takes over. <laughs> there was a, there's a movie that I watched recently. That's kind of interesting about a, a, a homeless lady living in a van. I, I believe it's called the lady in the van. Um, mm. She was living in her van and she tended to post up her van overnight in a very rich neighborhood because mm. they wouldn't, uh, the, the police wouldn't come around half as much. And also uh, the, the rich people would have guilt. So they would kind of like be, oh, I'm sorry that you're homeless. It's okay that you could stay on this See, street. I'm- yeah, so I'm uh, calling bullshit on that right there. Yeah, that would never happen in the real world. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was like uh, in in like the 70s or 80s. Oh, that, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. And it was also in in uh, England, hmm. so you know it's a different country. Um, but yeah, it's on. I believe it's on Amazon Prime right now. So if you want to stroke uh, Jeff Bezos' uh, flaccid penis. You can do so by watching Lady in the Van on Amazon Prime. If you want to help launch Jeff Bezos' rocket dick. Have you guys ever heard, uh, you know what I keep thinking about since I, I, sorry, I keep, I don't know, I don't want to do current events, but the, I keep returning back I to the current fact events. that Billy, I, I keep <laughs> returning back to the fact that billionaires are shooting themselves off into space rather than paying taxes and helping yeah, at all. But- Think about and, and, um, Jeff Bezos' dick in space. So, I mean, I think, I, I'm glad he got. Like, I, I'm sorry, I'll, I really, I'll quick cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I, I was going to say, I, I, I really hope in his heart it hurt him that he got beaten 
by uh, the Virgin Atlantic guy. <laughs> I really hope, <laughs> you know, that it, that it was like a consolation. Like, well, I did this. Uh, what's his name? Richard. Uh, I can't remember. But it, yeah, I did this nine days ago. Enjoy your time, Jeff. Blah, 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 blah. You know, supposedly yeah. most rich person in the world. But what I keep going back to is, it, have you guys ever heard that it's from the, uh, the it's got to be the late 60s or early 70s. You guys ever heard Gil Scott Heron? Uh-uh. No, okay, so this is a poet. Uh, he does this poem called Whitey's on the Moon. Oh, Whitey's on the Moon. Yeah, have yeah. you heard Whitey's on the Moon? Yes, I have. I love that. What's that guy's name? It's something to uh, Gil Scott Heron. G I L okay. uh, Heron is H E R O N. Yeah, Scott, Scott Heron. Yeah. Yes. Whitey's it's a great poem. I've been thinking about that because I remember I used to hear it when I was a little kid. I was a huge, um, uh, I still am, well, I, I'm not like I was, but I was an avid listener of the Howard Stern show just because to me, you know, back in those days, pre-internet, like that was a huge uh, connection to, I mean, I was, I could, I felt like I was in New York city, I had some contact with it and you, you know what the world's about. And he would oftentimes <laughs> open uh, his show with the tape of Whitey's on the moon is a goof. Mm. Uh, you know, because it sounds funny if you hear it out of context, you know, I mean, the, the poem goes something like uh, a rat bit my sister Nell yesterday mm -hmm. and Whitey's on the moon, you know, is the opening and see immediately you go, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Dark as fuck, but, but it's so upbeat. But boy, oh boy, is Whitey on the moon right now, man. Like, I mean, more than ever. Good Lord. Like that. that's so apt, Rick. Like, I didn't think that's yeah. I, uh, I don't think I put that together. I'm sure I've seen that posted somewhere in social media, but I mean, like I, like I said, I, you know, it was what, it was a definitely one of the first things that I thought of when I, when I saw that going on, I was like, wow, Whitey's on the moon, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and here we are, you know, in a, in a drowning planet, super yeah. positive podcast guys. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, I do this to have fun and talk, but like, I think it's also important to talk about these kind of things because not enough people are actually doing it. Yeah. Like there's, well, a lot of, there's a lot of people talking at people. There's not a lot of people discussing things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people, like I'm, I'm a little bit older, uh, you know, but like a lot of people criticize the younger generations uh, by for being apathetic or whatever, you know? And I don't think that's the case. I just think like, like you know, how, how long can you get? Like at a certain point, things don't get fixed unless somebody complains, you know? I think um, in a weird way, culturally, it almost feels, especially after like COVID and all that, like it almost feels like, like bad form to complain or something, but or talk about how hard life is, but no man <laughs> you know we absolutely should because these are i mean there are you know we're really at a point where the whole world needs to come together or not you know right and so like we were talking about the state of the world earlier at the beginning of the book <laughs> and like how yeah like you 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 made an excellent point where if you talk to old people they'll yes. tell you that it's worse and like that's my experience as well talking to my my grandparents you know and just you know anyone over like 65 70 like yeah <laughs> anyway but 
um what was i gonna say oh i mean in a, in a lot of ways though the world is better than it's ever been like if you think totally. about like quality of life oh uh, my god yes quality of life for some sucks still but i mean it's still better than it would have been 20 30 years ago because of technological improvements even if it's not directly affecting them then i mean you know that's push and shove too because we also have a lot of chemical waste and we're hurting the environment but i guess i guess in my uneducated naive opinion it seems to me that the world is better than it's ever been but people want to keep fucking it up and it's like we're making it worse on purpose. Certain people are, not us here, but uh, it's intentional. And I it, don't know that it's read. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I don't, I don't ever think that it's intentional. I think it has way more to do with, um, you know, a lot of people call it greed. I don't, I don't even think it's that. I think it's, I think it's conditioning of capitalism to. You know, if if you don't if you don't post a percentage of gains every quarter for your shareholders, then you're you're fucked. You're not doing your job. You know what I mean? And the, those people, you know, uh, that run huge corporations like that are, are are very much. I mean, they've kind of usurped governments at, at this point. You know, it's, it's we're at the verge of that. Talking back about Shadow Run, <laughs> but um, like That's uh, point, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, and again, too, we live in, in here in the States, we live in, in a, a world where, um, you know, we have corporate personhood, like, you know, like the, the, the odds are stacked against us for sure. <laughs> like, it's pretty scary out there. Like, we're definitely dealing with runaway capitalism, you know, and I, I don't ever mean to say that as capitalism is a bad thing, but. I know exactly what you mean. I was about to kind of kind of get into next is like there there's nothing wrong with having a system currency aka capital mm. the problem is having yeah, a right. list system where everything is yes. centered around the money where you're talking what you're talking about about you got to meet your deadlines everything's yeah. money 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 like, oh, yeah. that's, that's being a capitalist that's mm-hmm. putting that at your the forefront your epicenter of your your life of your your value structure that's the problem yes. we need absolutely money. And that's where people kind of don't get it is like, I don't, not saying this about you guys, but like certain people really don't get that. It's like, we still need a, a system of trade. Like, um, totally. maybe we, we can, can be, Olix. I've got lots to say about how it can be done. <laughs> Olix, before you go on to the next uh, discussion, I got yeah. to bow out of here, but um, you guys can keep on talking with, uh, you know, it's great. Being back on uh, Rhetoric Rabbit Hole with you, Rick, we need to do this again. This is it. Yeah. I miss uh, you, Scuffle. Thank you so much, Scuffle Moss. Yo, love we'll you, boys. You. We'll do this again love soon. You. Bye. Love you, too. Keep on scuffling. You, too. No pooping babies tonight, okay? <laughs> That's not a plan. Wrap up that route. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, maybe you need to do the opposite of that. No rapping. <laughs> Unleash it all. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Let the spores go. Oh, you, guys should plan, you guys should plan a show around that. <laughs> oh, yo, that would be a good idea. I Bad. think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> See you. See, Bye. See you. Cheers. Cheers.
Um, what was it saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember it. I'm going all over the gamut tonight. Oh, talked about everything. Um, I won't. I won't keep it too much longer. I was just gonna oh, say. It, I don't have a. I don't have a hard out. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, we were talking about capital versus capitalism, and yes, that's really. Yeah. That's the problem with anything, right? Is people want to take it to the absolute extreme, and so yes. like, so like that. I would take. You can flip the coin the same way. There's nothing wrong with having social systems like, um, like free healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but then if you try to take that to like its ultimate ultimate, uh, conclusion, the government doesn't allow you to trade. Everything is provided to you, you know, like if you want to take that as, and I think of, of like, well, we need to find balance. We need to just like have money, but don't make it the epicenter of our lives, you know, find other things of value. And um oh we, we were gonna i remember what we were gonna talk about we were gonna talk about uh different forms of currency like how how we oh, can yeah. make it. and like i think maybe we're kind, oh, of, our head kind of at the same place but crypto is just I'm, say, I'm a fucking crypto guy yeah i was getting ready to say yeah that's that's my jam man that's uh you know i've for one reason or another wink wink i have i have a certain reason you know to to uh i have a lot of investment uh not financially of course because i'm poor but uh personally in crypto and i think um based on the uh first of all the technology is too smart to go away regardless we're always going to see blockchain check blockchain technology yeah but the 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 prospect of the financial inclusion that crypto presents is I mean, like it's, it's kind of, you know, I mean, next to music, it's become my life's work. Like, I think it's such a great thing. Like I, I want to see mass adoption of cryptocurrency um, so badly in my lifetime, just because I think it's going to be such a huge step in improving the world that we live in. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I, my head's at the same place. No, I was just saying, go ahead. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's hyperbolic when people say it's the internet of money. Like Andreas Antonopoulos, you know, he's a, you know, if anybody's out there, you know, not sure about crypto, look up Andreas Antonopoulos, the internet of money. It's the best thirty minutes you'll ever spend, because hmm. okay. uh, that guy, that guy can actually explain it. Oh man, are you not familiar with him? No, I'll, I'll check this out after the episode. Oh man, I'll send you links too. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe you could, maybe you can look him in the description Forget. too. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, no, Andreas, uh, uh, he's a super genius, of course, and he's like a way early adopter, like super early computer guy. Um, um, and he gets all of this, all of the technology, especially Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin is really his passion. He believes in Bitcoin. Uh, but what makes it awesome about him is that he is a great science communicator, uh, meaning to, to say that he is able to take those huge, awful mm. concepts and really condense them like understandably within 30 minutes you know make it so, yeah, digestible that, for the layman gotcha totally totally like in the position i'm in uh these days like I, I end up having to turn on a lot of people to cryptocurrency um and pardon the pun but i like to send them down the rabbit hole of it you know yeah. and i think i andreas is usually the first you know kind of like uh onboarding point for while, that. while i've got the opportunity um 
shout out to um at my friend michael carter has his own crypto coin um it's oh, called yeah. drug it's called drugs uh, drugs okay and or, or drug coin you know because it's got the little cash sign at the end of it nice so, yeah um alice buy drugs uh yeah well while we're talking about crypto i just wanted to plug in real quick but yeah it's it's definitely the way we're headed like um a blessing is since- it I bless him in his endeavors, but but Alice, I'll decline any any financial advice at this time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I always uh, I always like to protect myself. <laughs> oh yeah, shit. I guess I should do that too. I don't don't actually take. I'm not a legal advisor. Don't take anything I say seriously. There you go. Uh, yep. <laughs> See now you'll yeah. never get in trouble. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. Thanks. Hey man. <laughs> That's why I hardly ever talk about shit. finance. I don't think about this shit. My producer ain't here to be like, hey, motherfucker. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing with any kind, any kind of finance. Uh, what I've learned about this world, because I'm learning it as I go, but uh, yeah, like you don't think about those kind of things until you have to. <laughs> so yeah. better to avoid, nice better catch, to bro. avoid that until you have to. <laughs> nice catch, okay, man. No worries. Happy to help. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we don't, we gotta keep talking about crypto forever, but that that's um, especially since our our current you know, US dollar isn't backed by anything. Like we're really just, that's where our yeah, future's yeah. at. It's all. Yeah. Crypt- oh, did I lose you? I still got you. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I lost you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I find that it's, it's actually one of the biggest uh, kind of hurdles when you're trying to describe crypto to anybody is they go, oh, well, let's pretend internet money. Internet money. And you mm-hmm. go like, well, grab well, your Visa card. Can you shake your... $2,500 out of there right now or whatever is on your limit, you know, no, <laughs> you know, it's all mm-hmm. pretend money, you know, but, but people don't think about the gold standard because we don't have to, you know, that's a good point is on a card. It's already cryptocurrency. If you want to think about it that way, really, it, it kind of is, but it's, it's uh, more poorly tracked and more time consuming. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's the thing is the blockchain is just smarter technology. Like even, um, the 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 climate sorry to go on and on about crypto but i'm passionate about this but the uh uh the climate against it has been horrible especially for the past like two months you know china totally banned it most mm. of the miners you oh. know probably like probably like 40 percent of the mining pool has had to move somewhere else to to resettle and you know find hopefully you know green solutions for mining uh wow. which i think i think they are um because most of the players that are already in that game plan to stay there forever. So they're ready for regulation, right? You know, why does it China of, like Bitcoin? Is it because they can't control it? Exactly. Yeah. It, it means outflow of money. You know, that's a big oh, thing. Um, yeah. It. That's, that's why a lot of, a lot of, uh, what do they call, uh, there's an, uh, it's not conserving wealth. It's yeah. There's okay. a name specifically for that, but I can't remember what it, it's like repatriation or something like that, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, you know, but, and that's what a lot of cryptocurrency is used for. Like, you know, so imagine uh, you live in the United States uh, and you are a Mexican immigrant and you want to send money back to your family. Um, So if you want to do that Western Union, you know, you're going to have to do that now uh, in and out of the United States and in and out of Mexico. Everybody's taking their, their percentage of your money. So say you're sending a hundred dollars, you know, it's, it's $65 by the time it winds up to your relatives, you know, but there again, if you send that money in Monero, 
you know, transfer it to their wallet. It's frictionless. You know, you pay what a transaction fee of, you know, uh, uh, a couple of cents of a percentage and your, your currency's there. I mean, it's just a better system, you know? Mm. And that's, a, that's the thing is I don't, I don't know that cryptocurrency will, will be what it's meant to be is, is, you know, the, the, the trustless system that it, that it should be, you know, where you, I'm one party, you're the other party. We each have a set of public and private keys. If I want to send you $50 right now, I can do that. And nobody ever has to know about that, but it's all recorded on the ledger, you know? Got it. I, just that, the, that is perfect, ideally. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just makes the most sense. Uh, it really does. And, and of course, there's ways to obscure that. That's, that's the most basic, basic transaction on the blockchain, but that's how it records everything, you know? And that's what's what's the most amazing thing. Like, like people have proposed things like, imagine, imagine the United States government uh, puts out their annual budget, you know, especially this huge one that's getting ready to come out with Biden. Like, so say like it's the infrastructure plan. Uh, imagine that was put out on the blockchain. So here's this 1.3 trillion US dollars on a blockchain, every cent of which now will be accountable through a series of transactions that we can look at forever. Wow. That's, that's what blockchain is. It's, it's just a smarter way to do bank. And it's faster. Wow. Even with the technological limitations now, it's just, <coughs> a smarter, it's just a smarter technology and it's just not going to go anywhere. You know? You know. Yeah. So like the, the people that are playing in it right now are either like super pioneers, big finance now is leaning in because it's safer than the US dollar, frankly, you know, it's, it's kind of less, you know, in, in inflationary at this point, or inflatory, I think is the word. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Like, I, you know, I, I think about it all the time, like I said, just because I have cause to because I'm, I'm in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I don't think it's going to be, again, the, the technology that Satoshi Nakamoto designed, you know, in the white paper, you know, but it will be, I mean, it already is just a smarter system for tracking money or tracking anything. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about NFTs, you know, smart contracts, all the things that are happening with it, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Like, we're just starting to really see it. And, and I really think as long as the earth doesn't melt <laughs> before it's possible like when when my little boy is you know in his 20s like maybe even teens you know cryptocurrency is going to be how things are done yep yep yeah and hopefully it rests the power from the the people that have it now because really if you if you take their dough away you can stop all the wars just send a message out to anybody listening that's what I think is the appeal for me too, is like mm-hmm. that it puts a lot more hand power in the hand of the individual, individual it feels like. Yes. Like, yeah. And it takes, I mean, I don't, in, just in general, I don't, I don't like the government telling me I can't just trade and barter with another party, you know, totally like regulating it and taking out their cut of a, on it, you know? Why does there have to be a third party? That, and that's what this technology does, is it says mm-hmm. there doesn't have to be. You know, that's why when you say it's trustless, that sounds like a bad thing. Well, no, it's it, it's a great thing because that means I don't have to trust that it's going to work because it is, you know. Oh, these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what yeah. I mean? but that, that's what's great about it. You know, like the same thing with smart contracts, like, you know, on the Ethereum blockchain, like 
the example that I use, and it's very primitive, but the example that I use a lot is like, say, um, I'm renting an apartment from you for a thousand dollars a month here in Nashville. That's for that rate, probably 350 square feet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> say, say, say I'm renting that from you, and we set up this smart contract, right? Where if I don't uh, by the first of every month, if I don't deposit a thousand dollars US into that account then the electronic lock on the front door of my apartment doesn't work. I can't get any more. Oh, wow. So that like, think about that. Like, and that's a very basic form of that, but it basically, that's what makes it trustless is it, is it fulfills uh, or it sets rather a, a set of conditions that have to be either met or not met. And right. if they are, if they are, this happens. If they are not, this happens, you know, and it's, right. it's, is it makes it very binary and, 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 um, and it takes human flaw and out of the equation. Totally. Because things are either met or not met. You know, one, right. zero. Yep. It's pretty That's interesting. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff going on. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. Though. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go into a whole tangent about this, but. No, yeah, I, just, uh, I like talking about it. I just don't know much of anything about it. So it's like, I mean, I, I, I'm interested to to hear you talk about it. Like. Cool. Not I'll send you something that you're an expert or anything. Just no, 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 no. Nor do, nor do I claim to be. I mean, I, I still yeah. am, you know, novice ish level. You know, I, I just happen to. Compared to me, you know, you know a wealth more about <laughs> it. Yeah. Send me stuff. I'll check. I'll look into it. I, it's something totally, I've yeah. been wanting to learn more about. So I'll be happy um, to. Yeah. Like I, like I said, it, you know, for, for you and, and again, for anybody watching, like uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. Uh, yeah. He, he's, you know, he, he's definitely the easiest source to understand Bitcoin. And if you start with Bitcoin, you can kind of go from there. You know, it's, you know, gotcha. just some, some of it's, some of it feels really dense, you know. Um, and, you know, it's very easy when trying to explain it to get off in the weeds, clearly, like I've, I've done, I'm sure, a hundred times. But it's like, um, he's very good at like condensing all that, you know, tough information and making it very palatable. So hopefully Thanks. that's helpful for everybody. <laughs> Um, there's one more thing I'd like sure. to talk about if you got yeah, time. Yeah, totally. Totally. I have no heart out. Yeah. Um, this is, this is something I, I just been wanting to tell Alice about, like, um, so I, I was watching, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Yes. Yeah. I was watching, um, an interview he did recently with, um a young woman that escaped from north korea mm. and i just i really want to like recommend it to you know anyone watching because it's it's really powerful stuff and like i i mean i couldn't get through it without like like bawling my eyes out a few times you know wow. so like definitely sit down and if you're gonna watch it be ready for that but um it, it's so much worse than a lot of people know and really? i think it's it's good to shine light on that kind of stuff especially yeah i mean like some of the stuff she talks about is just so heartbreaking because i mean i won't even i won't even try to uh, touch some of it because i don't want to uh she she does a much better job explaining it but one of the, my favorite things she says is um um she was talking to some of her, her Western friends now that she lives in America and they were talking about oppression. And 
she said, you don't, she, she said, when, where, where I come from, we don't have words for freedom and human rights and oppression. And, um, uh, they don't even have like a, um, a, like a singular I in their, uh, mm-hmm. it's like a plural we. Yeah, so yeah. she, she was explaining, she's like, you know, they don't fight against their government because they don't understand that they're oppressed. Sure. Think they have a really good quality of life compared to the rest of the world. And that's just how in the dark and oppressed they are. And, um, you know, she says another thing that really irks her is, you know, people will tell her, you know, Oh, how brave you are for risking your life for your freedom. But she didn't, um, (laughs) she said she just, she was going towards lights, you know, referring to China and like, she was just looking for food. She didn't even think about like escaping or survival. She had no concept of what freedom meant. So she could not have even wanted it. And that's one of the things, one of the things she really drives home and emphasizes. Cause it's a wild thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And her story, her story is so crazy. Like she gets out of that. Um, and like, years later in South Korea, she goes into a bookstore and she just picks up this, this one book. Cause it looks like it'd be a pretty light read. It's kind of small. <laughs> and just coincidentally, it turned out to be animal farm by George Orwell. Wow. Yeah. And that's it. it blew her fucking mind. You know, she's like, she, I mean, it's so it's so sad, but so beautiful because she she talks about like, you know, coming from where she came from, she can't trust like she has really bad trust issues, especially with government. So like, even if it's totally. not North Korea, she doesn't trust the Chinese government. She didn't trust the South Korean government, right? Well, nor should she in any case. But <laughs> but yeah. like you know, on some basic level, you have to at least trust that you're safe. You know, I guess but I don't know. Or hope that you're safe. No one's ever safe. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> As they bust in the door, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Here I am. In, here I am in a bunker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, no, she was just saying like that. George Orwell was the first person in her life that was like telling her the truth and not lying. I, I can only imagine. Yeah, when you were t- saying all that, that's all I could think of was 1984. You know, like wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Anyway, at, yeah, that, that's a bummer. Not to dwell on that too long, but it, it's it, North Korea is really fucked, and uh, I just wanted to talk about it because more people need to be aware of that. So yeah, yeah, and and it's weird that the wor- the Western world, especially in Europe, really uh, just sort of allows it to be that way, you know. But I don't know, like, what do we do? do like, what? Why is that not a case where we march in and liberate people? You know, <laughs> like we've done it everywhere liberate people we've tried to do it everywhere else you know mm. and I'll, I'll put links up for her too um because i i wish i could remember her name um she she's written books as well it wasn't just a, a podcast she did she's um like pretty prolific journalist and has talked about her story pretty extensively so i'll cool i'll find out what her name is and put links up but yeah oh yeah I'd, I'd be keen to follow up on that yeah um 
Well, Rick, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you Likewise. so much. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. You are um, welcome anytime. We kind of do like a, it's kind of like a round table kind of thing where different people pop in and out. So anytime that you feel like you want to pop by, you're absolutely welcome, sir. Let me know. I mean, usually past the hours of 6.30 CST, I'm free as a bird. So let me know. <laughs> I'll definitely uh, keep you up to date. And, uh, All right. <laughs> for sure. All right. Cheers. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ellis, for listening to, to me blather. <laughs> I hope yeah. you enjoyed it on some level. We'll see you next time, Alice. Have a good night. Cheers. Sweet dreams.